0: based on the reports, we're seeing that, you know, there's potency issues where THC is too high or CBD is lower than what's claimed on the label. We see heavy metals being contaminated in them. We see pesticides and stuff that's labeled organic. So these are all things that you can promote saying, hey, I have this certificate of analysis in which I've proven that all of these things work. And as far as potency goes, you know, I have stability results that show that my product continues to have the same amount of CBD as it sits on shelves. These are all things that you can use to prove and to show your consumer that you care about what they're ingesting.
1: I'm your host, Shada Tarabi, and I'm really happy to be sharing a new episode with you today. I can't believe we're on episode seven already. If this is your first episode with me, welcome, and if you've been tuning in, thank you. I'm happy you're here. So this one is for all my nerds. We're getting scientific. Today, I am joined by the insanely smart Steph Clark of Sante Labs the first ISO IEC accredited hemp testing lab in the state of Texas. Steph is the marketing manager at Sante and has a background in science and manufacturing with a passion for public safety and consumer success. In today's episode, we really dive headfirst into the importance of testing as a marketer and how Steph and her team at Sante ensure confidence for their customers from seed to sale. Let's welcome Steph to the show.
0: Hi, I'm Steph Clark, and I work as marketing manager for Sante Laboratories in Austin, Texas. We are an analytical lab, but most importantly, we're a CDMO, which means a contract development manufacturing organization. And what that really means is we aren't just an analytical lab. We also focus on research, especially in concerns with hemp-related activities, but also we are a manufacturer. We do manufacture some bulk and private label products. So we kind of dabble in a little bit of everything, um, really trying to propel and focus on the hemp industry as a whole.
1: And we got connected because my CBD brand Restart actually uses Sante for our testing for our hemp and CBD products. And beyond that, y'all are the first... ISO and IEC, which I want you to explain to me what those mean, accredited hemp testing lab in the state of Texas. And I just think it's, it's really exciting for me coming from born and raised in Austin, growing up in Texas, never thought that we would see the light of day for cannabis conversations to be had. And then to be building our brands and then to be able to see brands and businesses and different functions of the industry come to light in the state has been really exciting. And I know y'all have been a really great partner and leader, both to me and to Texans, as we embark on legal hemp and cannabis in Texas.
0: Yeah, of course. So um, we are very, very excited for this opportunity to be the first um, ISO IEC 17025 accredited laboratory. So there are various ISO accreditations. And while I'll talk on 1725, really, they are just quality management or security management. It's it's just standards, standards that are set in the industry, in various industries that cover all sorts of paths. So there's some that are for like computer security, and there's some that are more focused on these analytical apps. Um, so 17025 accredited means that you essentially have some sort of quality system in place where you have a quality policy. You have a scope of accreditation, so it's basically what analytical methods you have put on that scope that have been, you know, we have methods in place that are written down, adhered to within the um, within the laboratory, and then we also have certain policies for customer service and for our certificates of analysis, which we can go over a little bit more. And it's a really great certification to show you that the lab you're using has a quality system in place. It may not mean that their methods are, you know, necessarily the best, but it is showing you that they are, you know, validated in some sort of way. So we really value that accreditation in the sense that it shows you that we have taken the time and the effort to go through these, these audits that can be two to three days just to get your scope even started. So we actually just had an audit not too long ago, and it was a two-day audit, and the lab worked really, really hard in order to get this accreditation. Well, we were adding to our scope, um, which essentially means we are adding methods that we've developed and we wanted to be able to call them 17025 credited, which means we have traceability, we have the paperwork, and we have method validation. Um, so, which are all very important things that you want to look for in a laboratory.
1: So, basically, to reiterate it, and for all my. Marketers like myself, not the most scientific <laughs> out there, um, science minded. No, it's not a requirement, but like you said, it, it adds value to what you're offering, and so it yes. just creates a little bit more confidence in the ultimate outcome, which are these test results that people are coming to you for.
0: Yes, it does. So it it, it is a way to show that you are searching for a lab that is essentially um, doing all of the right things. And it's an accreditation that is showing you as a marketer that you can say, you know, I had this qualified by a lab that has really taken the steps to ensure my products are being tested appropriately. Um, And I will preemptively, um, before we go any further, I am a scientist turned marketer. So I am learning just by listening to you know Shada and listening to everyone what i need to explain better so i'm very happy with being able to hear that that's something i need to work on
1: well i think i don't want to like stunt you i think you come from you know everybody has their their expertise right and their strengths and so when i met you i was fascinated by your technicality and your understanding of the you know, like we're talking like manufacturing, formulation, these different testings that are being done. And so I think you come from that world now, marketing a testing facility, one could argue is you're marketing, right? But I, I'm i going to go there and say, you know, it's not like you're selling Coca-Cola. It's not this like sexy pop drink. It's like you're selling a testing facility, you're selling formulation. So that's what you're marketing. So you're still like a science-y marketer, if I can say that, versus where I think I'm like purely... Well, I did work in tech for a little bit, so I have some nerdiness in me. But I'm very like marketing. What does the consumer see? How do I dumb it down so that someone can understand it and digest it? And so you're saying all these things. And I'm like, yes, mm-hmm, I kind of got it. Okay, that's that's what the takeaway is of that statement. So don't feel bad. We're all learning. I just think it's really fun, and hopefully, the listeners get a fun kick out of this episode because I think that. One, obviously, again, I I mentioned it, we do work with you guys. And as a Texas brand, y'all are helping set the standard and we're trying to help set the standard in Texas too. And so as a brand and as a testing facility, like we wanted to work with the best of the best. But I think from a marketing perspective for people who are working with brands or have a brand themselves or want to start a brand, digging into all one, the different facets that you offer. So I do want to get into all the different offerings, but also of course, break down some of the, like, why is it important? You know, again, not to supersede things, but right now, newsflash for people who are listening, cannabis and hemp are unregulated. And so it's not to say that there's no regulations. There's some in certain industries in certain states, but especially using Texas as the filter for this conversation, we are unregulated and we're currently going through regulation processes. However, I think it makes it really confusing from a marketer and a brand perspective to know what I need to do to be a good brand. And then from a consumer perspective, what am I buying? What do I, what are cannabinoids and what are terpenes? And and so there's like that, you know, There's the COA, the Certificate of Analysis, but there's also all these other types of tests that aren't required of brands to do. But, you know, I'm just kind of curious to riff on with you where you might see that going. You know, I know terpenes is a big one that we don't talk nearly enough about in the industry. I'm very fascinated by terpenes because terpenes do have therapeutic and medicinal benefits that you can attribute back to the terpene versus right now, we legally can't say a cannabinoid has a particular outcome. And so I think it's um, something that we're going to see more of. And so obviously people need to, you know, if they're going to sell the Coca-Cola bottle with CBD and if they want to know what's in the Coca-Cola bottle and what is that makeup of that product. And so I think that's where this conversation gets really fun. So I'll start things off by, you know, running through what I pulled from y'all's website. We have a few different types of offerings, and this is kind of the scope to my knowledge, ranging from CBD finish product testing, raw materials, which includes pre and post harvest hemp compliance testing. So, you know, it seems to me like you're working with people who want to make a product, people who are in the farming side, the agricultural side, they're having to get their crops tested before it goes and is pulled for extraction and things like that. Or processing, you have shelf life testing and stability program management. So I'm anticipating, you know, someone is making a CBD skincare brand and it's getting shipped off to all the, you know, Ulta's of the world. And what's that skincare brand gonna, you know, sit on the shelf life and how long? And doing all the testing to make sure the product stays potent and pure. Uh, let's see, you do particle size nano formulation. What let's talk more about that (laughs) nano formulation characterization that was a mouthful private label and bulk CPG CPG for you know, you marketers in the room who are unfamiliar CPG stands for consumer packaged goods, so think anything that you would buy at a store and then research and development and business development. So it really sounds like there's a lot that Sante offers. I, as a CBD brand, only scratched the surface on you know, a portion of that, but. Kind of walk me through some of those, you know, who are the customers buying it? What are some of the benefits?
0: Sure. So I think what I like to say is we help from seed to shelf. We are able to help the farmers that are growing the crop that you're putting, eventually going to put your CBD um, into your product. We're helping brands and extractors really perfect their formulation. We're helping them test their formulation to make sure that it's compliant. And we're helping retailers make sure that they're protected as they're, you know, really putting their business in other people's hands, as well as that, you have a brand and you have, you know, your retail shop. Should you be verifying both? I mean, it's really um, kind of a nerve wracking situation, especially like you said, where regulations are kind of up in the air and we have some, but are they enough? Or are they too much? So really what we try and help is we are using regulations from other states. We try and use regulations that we see coming and we try to use regulations that are actually in place to really help guide your you know not only testing needs but maybe research projects that you need to you know figure out if this formulation is going uh, with like shelf stability you need to know the shelf life of that product and we can really help you guide you through that um, because no one wants to get their stuff pulled from shelves and no one wants it to get pulled from shelves and it's got mold growing in it or the CBD concentration is halved. And as much as we don't like to think about it, you know, products do sit on shelves. It's just the way it is in some cases because of COVID or something like that. So we're really trying to help from seed to shelf and guide not only business owners, but farmers. So I have a really interesting target demographic from all over the place to really help them um, figure out their best testing plan. So with farmers, we need to test their raw material, aka, you know, the actual plant, the physical leaf, you know, the flowers, the stems, whatever they're trying to test their biomass, we need to be able to, you know, market to that group in a very different way than I would market to a brand. And so we are helping each individual group figure out how to be compliant, um, or as compliant as we can be with what we know now and really promote that they are doing these quality measures in order to make sure that their consumers are safe, make sure their brands are safe, um, and make sure that their retail shop is safe because you don't want to end up getting the call from the FDA or, you know, or someone that got sick and making sure that they have those quality systems in place for sure.
1: Yeah. I think it's so important to highlight because it blows my mind, you know, every now and then, <laughs> cause I own a retail store. I, I have people who come in and they tell me, they admit, right. You know, I bought CBD from a gas station or I bought CBD from the gal on the side of the road who was peddling it, you know, when I was driving cross country, whatever. And it's shocking one that that is the reality and and it's not that those products are bad it's not that those products are good i think that's the spectrum that we're seeing is really anybody can put anything in a bottle and call it cbd call it hemp and that's really scary and when you're talking about you know bringing cannabis into this professional market it's really punctuated by the security of the end consumer you want to have some sort of understanding at least, I don't want to say a guarantee because I do think cannabis is still significantly under research. We're just scratching the surface, but to be able to give consumers some sort of confidence of, okay, this bottle says that there's 600 milligrams in it and the test result, the COA can prove that there's 600 milligrams in it versus sometimes I've seen, you know, what a label says versus a test result. Produces are not in consistency. And then that's where you start to have conversations with people who are, you know, admitting, hey, I bought this CBD product and it didn't really do anything for me. And, And again, from a retailer perspective, I walk through, you know, what are the ingredients? What do the test results say? Can you even find test results for that brand? You know, what is the quality and the breakdown? Is it a full spectrum product? Is it saying it's broad spectrum? Is it saying it's isolate? I think those are all things that consumers should be at least somewhat aware of, but really it is ultimately up to the brands to establish that. But because it's unregulated, nobody's holding us accountable. So again, for anybody listening, I work with Sante because I'm choosing to set my brand up for quality. I want there to be confidence with my consumers. I want to guarantee that what I'm selling is what is in the package. But nobody is making me do that. And so I think that's a really interesting situation that we're in. And so my next question is kind of like, you know. As we are some of the leaders in Texas, of course, I think the regulations are coming down. I know they just released hemp licenses that you can apply and get awarded. And so now hemp is being grown in the state of Texas. So I'm sure y'all are getting a lot more farmers who are inquiring about testing at the different intervals that they need to be testing at for compliance. But retailers, retailers are soon going to have a license to operate. And I think that with that, we're going to see more more standards and expectation of testing, but I don't know if there's anything that you can add or that you've, you know, heard or anticipating from the state of Texas that brands should be mindful of or aware of and prepare for. I just think it's, you know, it's coming, but what's coming exactly?
0: Sure. So we can kind of see based off of first off the TDA. TDA has set some regulations for farmers. So this is the Texas Department of Agriculture. They are setting some regulations for farmers where they do need to test the THC at the end of the growing cycle. So whenever they are about to harvest, they need to test with a, a certain lab that is on their list Us being one of four, and we um, are able to test for them for their THC levels. Now, if they go over, they have to burn their entire crop. It's just the way it is, and that's currently how it will stay um, as long as Texas is a hemp only state, which is, you know, it is what it is currently. And so then we kind of look at DSHS, which is the Department of Health and Human Services, Um, and we are kind of looking towards their, they do have some draft regulations in place that are kind of, you know, they're up for comment right now. That's one thing I will say is if you are a brand, if you are a farmer, and you are someone that thinks that you want to help guide the regulations, the regulators are really open to hearing your thoughts and they want your suggestions so while you may feel like they might be overregulating you know after a few comments maybe they will you know backtrack if you think they're underregulating maybe you can help add to their knowledge base just because you know it is so new and there's a whole lot of research like you said that isn't there and so i will say that you know make sure you make comments and then also The Department of Health and Human Services, they do have a draft regulation in which Texas will have its own microbiological panel. So things like E. coli and salmonella, those hot button topics, they will have a special panel for Texas if these draft regulations go into place. And they will also have a pesticides panel that is specific to Texas that would go into place. The pesticides panel has 30 different pesticides and the Um, micro panel has some like more obscure um, microbes that, you know, coming from a dietary supplement background, which is what I used to do whenever I worked at NSF international, I have been exposed to quite a few different micro panels specifically. It's called USP 2021, 2022. It doesn't, that's just the standard. And that's the standard in the dietary supplements. And these are, there's some that aren't on that panel, but there's some sort of reasoning behind making that the micro panel. But this is something that you need to be aware of because if your brand is going into the Texas market, you need to make sure that you're adhering to the Texas regulation. Now, if you're planning on selling to multiple states, you should also be prepared to adhere to quite a few different states' regulations. Depending on the state, currently, there can be different regulations, and it's really hard um, for brands that are smaller that want to expand because currently California has a different pesticide panel. Uh, Nevada has different regulations. Texas is going to have their own regulations, and without federal oversight, which we all hope and pray is coming very, very, very soon, but we know we know it's coming eventually. It is state regulated, so states get to make the decision. So um, just making sure not only you are looking into that, but even ask your lab, because if your lab isn't trying to keep up with those things and developing those things, you could already be behind the eight ball. Um, that, so that's just something to consider whenever you know, you're kind of looking at it in a marketing perspective. If you're marketing to other states and you guys are selling in other states, you need to know the regulations per state even. And it's crazy. Um, and I really feel for all those brands that are really trying to do it the right way. Yeah. I mean, just to unpack that, I think, so Restart, my CBD brand
1: is about to celebrate two years in August, which is really exciting. And, you know, Texas has really only been legal technically a year since last June. So I know that Y'all have really only been around considering for the past year as well. So that means prior to that year, when I wanted to get testing, there wasn't really testing options in the state of Texas. I had to go outside of the state and I would go to a lot of hemp and cannabis shows and connect with a bunch of different labs. And, you know, I'm really just reiterating what you said in a colorful way, right? It's like, I'm this lab in Florida, and I'm going to test based on X, y, or Z based on my state's regulations. And I'm over here in Nevada, and I'm going to test based on my state's regulations, and I started just observing the inconsistencies and the discrepancies from state to state, and how crazy that there is no standardization, but it's it's hard. And I, it's not to say that we're not fighting for it as a as an industry. It's just when you kind of step back and realize, you know, oh oh, we're all just getting started and establishing this and trying to understand. And I think you made a really great point and plug. I think it's so important to get involved at the political level, especially when it comes to these regulators. I was listening to something the other day. The guy was saying with the Department of Agriculture. When they first were legalizing hemp, they were doing so from more of an agricultural perspective—fiber, ropes, you know, hempcrete—and then all of a sudden, there was this huge boom in hemp being extracted for CBD. And they were like, "Whoa, we thought you were growing to make clothing. We didn't know you were growing to actually consume this product in a similar, you know, fashion." Now we see a very similar productization to marijuana. Um, but I just, I think it caught a lot of people off guard. And just in the span of two years, from my perspective, I feel like I've been in the industry for a decade and things have changed so rapidly. And so just wanted to add some color around that. You know, it's important to do the research and understand your specific state and try to work with, any testing facility that meets your standards and expectations, but also just kind of understand that nuance. Like I'm not saying as a Texas brand, it's bad for me to get, you know, test results out of the state. It's just probably benefits me more to work with a testing company in my local area. Also love that y'all are local and I can just go drop off samples and have them done in a reasonable time and keep that also in our local economy. It's like, you know, we're helping push this forward in Texas. So I just think that's really... Cool and also crazy because it varies state to state.
0: Yeah, well, I definitely agree that it's really helpful to have someone in your back pocket. And we strive to be, you know, the kind of that resource for people. And because we really want the hemp industry as a whole, not just Texas, but obviously Texas too, um, we want it to succeed. And we want it to, you know, while here in the United States, our focus is really CBD and other minor cannabinoids, you know in the world, I mean, 70% of uh, China's hemp is going towards industrial uses, you know, building materials and, you know, textiles and all of that. Um, You know, I think in the future, we could also see that come to the United States and that will require more biomass. And while right now we're, you know, focused on cannabinoids, I think that eventually hemp is really gonna turn towards, you know, the textiles and industrial hemp as well.
1: I look forward to the day when we have hemp for everything and we're all just enjoying it and has a little bit more relaxed regulations and more consistent regulations and one day, right?
0: I agree (laughs) a hundred percent.
1: So your background and Sante's background reflects on quality assurance, public safety and customer success. So tell me how that applies to the work you and your team are doing.
0: So yeah, I just recently started Asante. I came from NSF International um, and before that I was in manufacturing and I think getting kind of all those diverse perspectives and putting them into one space has been really great because, you know, while I'm here and I'm, you know, doing marketing for us, I think that we have, we have scientists from all different backgrounds. We have, you know, business partners from all different backgrounds. And I think what Sante really has brought forward is not only the customer mindset that we understand that it's really complicated and we want to help you with that but also we want you to recognize that labs have people too we're not just a whole bunch of machines and you know while I'm a scientist by trade Uh, I like whenever everyone comes in for the lab tours and wants to learn about science I mean isn't that the coolest it should be the coolest thing about you know visiting a lab is just learning about the cool science and seeing the cool machines so I think really what we're trying to do is bring a human perspective because we understand that you know it's complicated and we want to help you but also that we are humans and you know humans are Going to do what they can to help you. Um, but I think really what my perspective and what Santi is just knowing our audience. It's just we are trying to know our audience in the entire hemp industry and we can translate it to marketing. In the sense that we want to educate people, we want to educate consumers, we want to educate brands, we want to empower them um, to make the proper decisions as far as ensuring quality, ensuring safety, and, you know, really growing and prospering in this industry. That was so sweet. I love the way you articulated that.
1: I definitely get that feeling when working with you guys. And I just did a little tour of Sante a couple weeks ago and I did geek out and I asked all the questions to Steph and the team and it just, yeah, it was really fun for me to kind of see where, you know, from a retailer brand perspective, it's like, I take it so far, but then actually understanding the breakdown of the product that I'm bringing to market is equipping me with more confidence in what I'm selling and putting on the shelf. And it just is really cool. Yeah. To kind of see where the stuff gets tested and diagnosed and understood and kind of, you know, touching back on terpenes. I just think it's really cool when you can break down a plant and understand its genetic makeup in regards to how much is CBD versus CBG and then further what terpenes are added is it myrcene is it limonene and then like what do those mean it allows me as a marketer to then be able to tell a story right it's not just I'm selling this like full spectrum product or I'm selling this CBD flower. It's okay. Well, this flower is less than 0.3%, which does qualify it to be legal inside of Texas and federal, which is great, which I think that is like a whole subject, right? I mean, people growing, hoping that they're growing their products to be compliant, testing that what intervals are they testing at? And then at what point does that product hit my retail shelves, which is why we at Restart always retest our bud, even though we're getting it from, you know, organic, trusted, small boutique farmers that we know, we just want to have that added layer of assurance. And then from there, be able to get more into the the diagnosis of, you know, the COA, the certificate of analysis of, okay, well, this is actually what the bud is that you are now selling. And so it is really fun. We have customers come in and they, you know, I want to see your test results. I want to see your COAs because they want maybe the highest percentage of CBG, or they really do want a product that sits closer to that 0.3% THC. And so, you know, I know what a COA is, certificate of analysis. But from your perspective, what is a COA? Why is it important? And what should consumers be looking for?
0: Sure. So a COA certificate of analysis is really just a paper or PDF copy of all of your test results. So if you're testing for potency, it's going to have listed each of your cannabinoids and it's going to list, you know, what your result was. So it's just a way to, you know, give you your test results in a very um, controlled manner. So we don't just put potency. Um, if you do pesticides, if you do heavy metals, micro residual solvents, etc, cetera, etc. Cetera, um, that's all put on your certificate of analysis. Now, it's super important to make sure that You're using this to your full advantage. I'm going to be honest, I don't think I see enough people really using that as a tool to market. I mean, you're paying for this service, you're paying for the highest quality test results that you can purchase, and then you just let it sit in your file and you say, Yep, I'm compliant. So if FDA comes down and says, You know, hey, I need to see your results, you're like you have it okay cool but i think really um consumers are starting to get or wanting to get more educated and they really want to know what's in their product whether it's the focus on organic um, whether it's the focus on non-gmo whether it's the focus on um you know gluten-free keto whatever they want to know what's in their product they want to know what they're putting in their bodies. I think the shift in the in the consumer market has really been interesting in that way. And so having the COA shows them, hey, we didn't test positive for any pesticides. Here's the level of quantification in the sense that if we did detect it, this is how low that we should have been able to detect it. It's, you know, micrograms or parts per billion. It's like crazy, tiny amounts of pesticides. This is how much I would be ingesting, which is great because I don't have any. So I think these are all things that, as marketers, especially in the cannabis and you know the hemp industry as a whole, promote your products, show that you are taking these steps for quality, show that you are you know maintaining this um, you know testing throughout your lots. You're not just doing one test and saying, "Yep, this is it." I've completed my testing and, you know, I'm good for the rest of the year. One thing I've always kind of thought of now that you mentioned, you're retesting your products, even though you know it comes from an organic farm. I don't care if you're getting your product from your best friend, you need to be doing compliance testing. Your best friend, like they have their business in mind, but you need to have your business in mind. I'm not saying don't trust anyone but i'm also kind of saying if you don't have the science to prove it i don't know how you trust someone um, without the science behind it um so i think that really promoting your brand and showing your consumer that you care about them and their safety um i think that's the ultimate you know customer promise uh it, you know that's your customer promise i am going to make sure you are safe and you are getting the product that you think you are buying.
1: You just gave me a lot of ideas on ways that I can maximize my test results because I'll confess, you know, I know y'all represent the hemp CBD side of the house, especially with Texas. We're not legal for marijuana in that capacity. But as a marijuana consumer, when I go to a legal state like Colorado, for example, I don't see COAs. I don't hear about test results. In fact, I'm more enamored with the range of products and the accessibility to the products. And I guess there's part of my mind that just trusts that I'm assuming because you're operating in a legal dispensary that your products are tested. Now, what you and I both know just because a product is tested it doesn't mean that it's also a quality product. So, I personally experience that with concentrates and vapes. You know, we personally at Restart carry some CBD vapes that are, they don't have propylene glycol or vegetable glycerin. Those are ingredients that I would personally avoid. But when I'm in a retail, um, in a rec state, and I'm buying, Marijuana cartridges. I just want to buy cartridges. I'm not like, oh, is this? Does this have propylene glycol and vegetable glycerin? Are there pesticides? Are there heavy metals? How was this tested? How was this extracted? So I'm that consumer who didn't ask a lot of questions. But now, because I run a brand that the, a lot of the marketing is around education and is encouraging consumers to like check test results and ask these questions. So again, kind of you know transparently speaking, we don't test for pesticides right now it's not a requirement of me to test for pesticides but every now and then you have a consumer who's asking for it and so it's kind of like where does the market meet the regulations right and so I just kind of brought that up because I see a lot of people in CBD both getting things tested like us with a brand perspective but then also consumers asking for it but then putting my little you know cannabis girl hat on I've never asked for a test result in my last decade of buying recreational products. So it's just the wild, wild West out there. But I think it's important (laughs) for specifically Texas brands who are trying to take it serious to at minimum get the potency tests, I think is really important because you want to guarantee that if somebody is selling you, you know, a 99.8% isolate, that is in fact a 99.8% isolate and not a 90% isolate because that degrades the quality, which sometimes I have to walk people through that example of 20 milligrams of a 99.8% pure product versus 20 milligrams of a 90% pure product will have different outcomes and effects because you're no longer getting the full 20 milligrams. It's a degradation of that potency. And so that's why, again, you see people who come in the shop and they're like, well, I bought this at so-and-so place. And I'm like, uh-huh. Do they have a website? Could you trust them? Do they have any guarantee of the quality of products? Who are they? Where did they buy from? Do they have test results? And it's just all this stuff, I think, has been increasingly more important in our industry because of the lack of regulation. So just wanted to, you know, contrast that with legal markets where they're getting regulated. And they're getting their testing, but the consumers don't see it. It's just kind of like, oh, you're at a dispenser. It's legal. Got it. Cool. So I don't know if there's anything you wanted to add to that, but just wanted to share that story.
0: I would also say that I had not really thought about like organic or pesticides until I really got into the dietary supplement industry. I just thought, you know, organic, what is that? I don't really, eh, I'll be fine. Everybody else has been eating it. It'll be cool. But now that I know what, you know, how harmful pesticides really are and how they can really accumulate into your body and, you know, cause problems to some degree. I mean, we see the example with glyphosate all over the news all the time, um, with Roundup. Um, so I think I've just really from exposure kind of like thought about these things. And one thing I will say is that you have to remember that hemp is a bioaccumulator. And what that means is it really likes to suck up the bad things that you're, you know, a farmer could be planting on ground that it's new and maybe he isn't quite sure what was grown on it before. And, you know, he may not use any pesticides. They're going to, they could show up if there was pesticides used within, you know, five years or so. Pesticides don't go away. You know, it takes a long cycle to get those to be removed. And so you really need to remember that pesticides and heavy metals, those are things that hemp likes to accumulate in its cells. And so testing for those are you know, it's super important. We just saw cases in, in Florida, Florida just had pulled a bunch of CBD products off of shelves. And a lot of them had lead in them, like higher than the, you know, recommended daily dose of lead. Now, how many of those brands were testing? Probably not as many that should be testing, but you know, we don't know, but based on the reports, we're seeing that you know, there's potency issues where THC is too high or CBD is lower than what's claimed on the label. We see heavy metals being contaminated in them. We see pesticides and stuff that's labeled organic. So these are all things that you can promote saying, hey, I have this certificate of analysis in which I've proven that all of these things work. And as far as potency goes, you know, I have stability results that show that my product continues to have the same amount of CBD as it sits on shelves, these are all things that you can use to prove and to show your consumer that you care about what they're ingesting. I think that is ultimately the goal for everyone, right? Is their consumer feeling supported and they can trust you. That's what they want to know. That is the mic drop.
1: A hundred (laughs) percent. Mic drop. It's like consumers need to know what's going in their bodies. That It's the truth. I think cannabis is so exciting because it has all these really great applications. And at the end of the day, it is a plant, but it is a severely misunderstood plant. And there's a lot of facets to it. And so I think as it begins to mature, both as a industry, but really from a consumer perspective, I think um, that's where you're going to just start seeing more I think, understanding around it. But right now we're definitely in the education game and it's like people just don't know what they don't know. And so meaning not just consumers, but like all of us in the industry, like we're constantly learning. Like when I came and toured with you guys, I was asking a million questions, very similar to this conversation of just wanting to learn because as a brand, I really do truly care. And I want to make sure that my consumers feel confident with what's going in their bodies and it does me a disservice if I don't try to do my due diligence. So unfortunately, because it's unregulated, I see a lot of people who get really excited about getting into the industry, but they haven't really fully thought of the full cycle of what it takes to be in the industry. And Again, I'm hoping this podcast is a good narrative for people to be listening to, to get inspired and encouraged to pursue, you know, the path that makes the most sense for them. But also as the industry continues to stabilize, just like what are those necessary pieces that we need to provide ultimately security to the end consumer, especially in these new emerging markets like Texas. I see it every day. I have consumers who literally tell me, they admit, and most of them are over, you know, 40, 50 years old. I've gone my whole life without touching marijuana, but I'm in extreme pain. And here I am. Is this going to make me high? And, you know, no, it's not. But could you fail a drug test potentially? How do I then go have that conversation in an educated way to give someone confidence? It's just, we know that the conversation is more deep than it's leading on, but it's, yeah, like, how do you take all this complex information, which I think is like the, the headline of this conversation. It's like, there's a lot of science-y stuff, but like the ultimate punctuation, the mic drop is for the end consumer's benefit. Like you want to just give them confidence in the products that one, you're purchasing and investing your money. in. two, you're building your brand around. Like, I definitely don't want to be in the news because I got someone sick. Like that would be the opposite of the type of content and awareness that I want for my brand. So yeah, like what can you do up front to kind of mitigate some of that? Um, are there any trends that you're seeing from a testing compliance side that brands should be aware of? I know we talked about potency, pesticides, heavy metals, terpenes. I just don't know if there's like, you know,
0: Yeah. So I think that um, right now what you'll see, there's a lot of labs that will have QR codes. So then if you have, you know, your product and you have your COA, um, it leads right back to your website or whatnot. Um, QR codes are really big pictures of your product on the certificate that can really showcase your product and your branding, um, but also kind of you know, traceability wise lead back to your brand. I was also kind of thinking, you know, the standards. So while y- y'all are looking for, you know, regulation to like help you out, I think standards in the laboratory industry are really needed too. Um, you know, how we test is probably, I mean, it's going to be on the same machine, but it's going to be different from, you know, other laboratories and really having like a standard procedure procedure For specifically hemp, um, hemp can use different pesticides, they can have different regulations. So we can see that having standardization in the lab industry um, and really having some sort of you know consensus on how to test these products and make sure that we're testing them the proper way, because um, you don't test a gummy the same way you test a lotion. You don't test it the same way as you test flour. Um, they're all very different products, and without standardization in in the lab situation, we also hope to lead the way in that um, since we do validate every single matrix and every single machine with every single technician, but ultimately. I would be timid to say that I don't think other laboratories probably do that. Um, just like others, they are coming into the game with the CBD and they want to have a piece of the pie. And are they really concerned about their brands? Are they working with their brands? Are they helping support them if they do have a failure? Are they helping them like really understand what the results mean? Are they? I would say we are, um, but I don't know that every single lab would, you know, necessarily do that. So those are, you know, some uh, some trends I've seen as far as like laboratory standards go. But definitely potency um, for your cannabinoids, terpenes are, you know, up and coming. I don't think people focus on them enough, but I think they're going to come a lot sooner rather than later. Micro, pesticides, heavy metals residual solvents if you have an extraction going on you should definitely be looking for residual solvents so things like ethanol you just don't want ethanol in your products things like that but those are like the core set besides your stability um because your products can separate and if you don't have those results saying that they don't um you should really think about it or there was even a product recently that you know CBD leaches to aluminum cans, it goes, it like attaches to the side. And if you don't know that you're going to put a product on a shelf that has weird CBD just just sloshed on the side. So just things like that. I literally
1: messaged all my friends who do like CBD beverages. I was like, did you know about this? Do we need to talk? what are you doing to remedy it? And, and I think that's one example of many that are going to continue to come forward as we do more research with this plant. And so I loved everything you said and, and I'll, you know, accredit it in the sense that I get that experience working with you guys. And that's why we love being, you know, one of your clients and, and proud to work with you just also as a partner from a Texan perspective, because, It's the Wild Wild West, both literally and figuratively here in Texas, and trying to make sense of it. And, you know, the amount of people who call me because they see that I own a retail shop in Texas and they say, hey, I want to work with you, or I want you to carry my brand, or I want to do this. You know, you have to start discerning really quick who's of quality. And so I think there's definitely different layers to that, that you can start to peel back and understand it. And y'all have always been someone who I'm just like, okay, they clearly love this plant. They also clearly care about our industry and our state. And they're trying to do things right by the end consumer. Like those are my people. That's what I want in my corner. And so I've just been really grateful to to work with you guys and get to have my brand be, you know, verified to some extent through testing and build that confidence up for my consumers. So everything you said, I think it's just been like a wealth of knowledge. I have one final question for you and then I'll let you add anything you want to add, but it's my favorite question. Cause we're marketers, you know, I geek out at different brands. Do you have a favorite cannabis brand and why? And the extension of that is like, who's marketing themselves really well?
0: Sure. Um, So besides Restart CBD, um, I follow you and stuff. Um, But anyway, I I really think anyone who is really promoting their quality assurance, they're really promoting themselves in a way that puts forth quality. I don't have a specific case, um, but anyone who is like doing the right things, looking at the regulation and promoting that and promoting that to their consumers and educating their consumers I think those are the people that are really going to stand apart in the CBD industry. And I think those are the people that are going to make it through these regulations, the ones that care. Um, So those are the ones that are killing it. Anyone who cares about the quality of their product and you know, the integrity of their product. I think those people are killing it.
1: I could not have said it better myself. I would like to start a CBD gang with you where we advocate further than we're already obviously doing, but, I hope people listen to this conversation. I'm obviously hopeful. A lot of the listeners are more local and they can really be inspired and like feel connected to you. And we all are doing it Sante and just like want to learn more and like be involved. And so just to kind of reiterate a point you made kind of halfway through, like the laws are constantly changing and people assume, you know, I get asked a lot, how do I get involved? Like, Oh, what are you doing? Like, how do I do what you're doing? And I'm like, one, good, you're asking the question, right? Like this is where you and I are then telling people, but like get involved. Like nobody needs to sit there and like, tap you on the shoulder and say, here, you should talk to this regulator. Like the regulators want to hear from us. It's so important to have a voice, to get connected to the policymakers, the different, you know, people who are involved from a nonprofit organization perspective. Like Texas Normal is huge. Texans for Marijuana policy, Inform Texas, like these are all really great local organizations that I know that both of our businesses are a part of in some capacity. And I just encourage other people to You know, take that as a jumping off point and realize like you can get involved and actively help shape the future of this industry in Texas and beyond right now. So I just think it's a really cool opportunity and I'm grateful to have you on the show today. Um, So, with that said, is there anything that you want to add, slash, how can people connect with you, connect with Sante Labs, get more information, all that good stuff?
0: Of course. Well, thank you for having me. Um, I really appreciate it. My last thing to add is just, remember that you are doing your best that you have right now, but education is key. So keep digging and keep learning and keep an open mind. um, Especially with regulators, they're doing their best, just like you are. And without going too far into it, you know, just do your best. And we at SanTe believe in this industry and that's really why we wanted to be a part of it. So you can connect with me. I'm on LinkedIn as Steph Clark. not the most active but i'm trying to be more active um and then you can find us at sante labs.com s-a-n-t-e labs.com and we're here to help in any way shape or form how many of you took
1: notes on that discussion my brain is significantly enlarged after listening to Steph drop a lot of knowledge that in my opinion is so crucial not only for Texas brands but marketers to understand the importance of testing and how to better market once you have those test results. So I know that I have a lot I'm going to implement from this discussion into my own business and I hope you have some takeaways too. If you learned anything, please take five minutes and jump to iTunes and leave a review or tag me on a LinkedIn post, DM me on Instagram. I sincerely just want to hear how these episodes are landing with you and provide you the most value. So thanks for listening today. Catch you next Monday. Have a good one. Bye. Love this episode of To Be Blunt? Be sure to visit theshadarabi.com slash to be blunt for more ways to connect. New episodes come out on Mondays. And for more behind the scenes, follow along on Instagram at the ShadaTarabi.